on the Wine Roads, a wine road trip that takes you to the four corners of the world to discover the most beautiful wine estates. Fifth stop, the United States, California, episode four. After having visited two exceptional vineyards in the Napa, I go westwards for another valley, the cradle of modern Californian wine growing, the Valley of Sonoma. The family, who produces some grape varieties of Italian origin, were the first to plant in 1895 a black grape variety that today is emblematic for California, the Zinfandel. It's Ed Segesio, the patriarch, and above all, the living memory of the Segesio family, who is honoring me by showing me around. Oh, oh. you must be Ed. Yeah, that's right. Pleased to meet you. How yeah. are you doing, Ed? Good to see you. Very Great. good to see you. So we are here in front of your... My nonna, 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 built this house in 1895. 1895. This is one of the oldest oh, yeah. wineries here in uh, Sonoma, yeah. I imagine. Who was, uh, when I would be 117 years old. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. This is really lovely. Yeah. Really, really cute. So where do you live now? Far from here? I live at the winery in Hillsburg. Oh, okay. Been there 62 years. Hey, tell me, uh, Ed, um, I read that you are really pushing this variety called the Arnaise. Yes. What, what is it? I had never heard of it. Well, it, it's northern Italy. Yeah. And it's... Uh, it's a very good producer. It does produce, uh, actually, actually over, overproduces itself, but we hold it around five tons of the acre, and it's got a, a beautiful flavor. The, the, the grape is almost, you can see right through the berries and see the seed. And it has a beautiful flavor, something like so peach, apricot flavor. And, uh, and we give it about, about eight months age, and we bottle it right up. It's, in fact, it's a very, very good, the people love it, the, the yeah. flavor. It's got a little bit of a, a moth oil or whites in it. They got acid, a little more acid. Yes. Acid makes the wine live and, and, yes. and, and it's not flat. And it gives you, gives you an abundance of, of good feeling, the good taste and the flavors just bounce in your mouth and you know, you're alive, it feels good. <laughs> <laughs> You must have been drinking quite a lot oh, because I, 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 I see you quite alive, huh? I, I go to I go to the tasting room every Friday, and I always have a little glass of, of Pinot Grigio, Arnais, or whatever they're pouring. I'll always start with a little bit of white wine. So that's your secret. Yeah, that's and the secret. That, that's it. And a little bit of red wine for dinner, and after dinner, just a little bit of brandy. That's my life. But you know, we've been talking so much about grape. We'll go back and have some good food at the kitchen. And Sounds we'll good. Meet, meet the, Uncle Pete, and he's the one that is very familiar making our Italian sausage. Yep. Thank you very much, Ed. The Segesio clan upholds the myth of the successful immigrant. It's today the fourth generation that's on the estate. And no one of the members will forget their origins, to the contrary. Some, like Peter Segesio, the wine grower of the family, continues the culinary traditions. Oh, hey, Francois. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good, how are you? Your Uncle Ed sent me here. Come on in, come on in. He told me you might come by. Yeah, and he told me you were making Italian sausages. Yeah, this is a recipe from my, from my grandmother, and it's northern Italian. Don't... She was Piemontese. Okay. And uh, so most of the Segesio uh, part or family is from uh, Lombardy and, and Piemonte. Would you like a glass of wine? 
I'd love one. Have you have you tasted uh, Zinfandel? Ah, the famous Zinfandel. No, not yet. Well, this is. Uh, I've heard about yours though. Well, this is the 09, and uh, the, it's the 09 Sonoma Zin. And to me, the the neat thing about uh, Zinfandel is that it uh, it's something that's distinctly California. Why? In in 1872 or 74, somewhere in the 70s. A planting of Zinfandel won the International World Fair at, at the Alameda World Fair in the, in the San Francisco Bay Area as ble best claret, best claret. So everybody started planting it. So you saw Zinfandel planted all over Napa and Sonoma. And by 1890, 90%, 90% of Napa and Sonoma was planted to Zinfandel. Ooh. So it was, you know, I grew up, my dad always called it, uh, my father always called it the boss grape, you know, meaning the top grape. I've read that expression. Yeah, and, and that was the, you know, it was the dominant grape up until really you saw uh, Cabernet and Chardonnay begin to grab hold in Napa and other parts of Sonoma County in the 70s. But up through the 50s and 60s, you know, uh, was Zinfandel king. was king. When you're walking the fields with your children, and tasting grapes, you know, before harvest has even started, it'll still taste wonderful. It's going to be more strawberry and watermelon, so not as intense like this when we harvest it, but it still tastes good at a lower sugar. So, okay. the best part of making sausage is when harvest is finished and all the grapes are in, because it's a, it's an incredible amount of work to to take care of all of the grapes and to have all the work done on time. It's an amazing feeling to be done with harvest and have all the grapes delivered to the winery and and be done. And then, then you can relax. And then making sausage is really, really enjoyable. I'm a simple guy. I like the, the patty <laughs> on a piece of French bread with a glass of Zinfandel. I drink to you, Pete. I drink to you. Thank you for Thank joining you so us. Much. Thanks for coming and visiting us. You have a beautiful family. Thank you, Francois. Most of the vineyards on this side of the Sonoma are swept by the fresh ocean winds, which allows a slow ripening of the fruit. The conditions are ideal for elaborating the Pinot Noir. And to taste an excellent one, I head off for the estate of flowers, snuggled up behind the first hills facing the ocean. Hi there. Hi. Are you Christopher Barefoot? Yes, I am. François Montaigu. François. Welcome, François de Flowers. Pleased to meet you. Very nice to meet you as well. Thank you. It's Splendid day, right? This is, this is what makes our place special. And the Beautiful drive way. by the ocean Fantastic. is just unbelievable. Some people have trouble recovering, so oh, no, I might a... offer you a glass of wine. Okay, that might help. That might help. All right, okay. Let's do that. <laughs> Thank you. Some Pinot Noir, I guess, no? Pinot Noir, for sure. Okay. After you. Thank you. Nice music. There you go. Thank you, Christopher. Santé. Santé. What a beautiful welcome. welcome. In French, you say les sous-bois. Les sous-bois? Forest floor? Forest floor. Forest floor. It's basically the, almost the same thing. It sounds good, forest floor. With a nice, there's like a definitely a, a, a riper fruit tone on this one as well. Um, this is our Seaview Ridge Pinot Noir, yes. which we're standing at Camp Mini Ridge, which okay. was the original vineyard planted by Jonah Walt Flowers uh, in 1991. Uh, when Jason comes later, 
uh, he's going to be taking you over to Seaview Ridge, and you'll be you'll see where this fruit, where the fruit for this came from. Because you have two vineyards. Right? We have two vineyards. Okay. The original vineyard here at Camp Meeting Ridge was planted in '91, mostly to Chardonnay, but with these blocks that are around us here yeah. in Pinot Noir. So, of the th 30 acres or so that this vineyard has, only eight of those are. But you were pioneers here, no? Absolutely, Joan and right, huh? Well, Joan and Wall really were the second to plant Pinot Noir and Chardonnay out here, but the first to commit to building a winery uh, in the, on the Sonoma Coast, the ex what we sometimes call the extreme Sonoma Coast. Extreme because the weather's extreme, the altitudes are extreme, and of course the proximity to the ocean creates its own challenges as well. Here's Jason. Welcome, Francois. Of, of winemaking and Prize. winemaker. Yes, it's uh, a winemaker. Hi, Jason. Pleased to meet welcome. you. Welcome. This is a sea view. Sea view Ridge, oh, it's a beautiful vineyard. This is Camp Mini Ridge here, and Seaview Ridge is about five miles away. Yeah. So if you want to go look at the vineyard, it'd be fantastic to, to show logical. you the, Yeah, no, yeah. After trying it? You gotta, you gotta try it, taste it, see it, view it, and okay, it's everything let's do that. combined. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Okay, okay, I guess I will. So it's, uh, say, five it's miles? Five miles, but it takes like 25 minutes. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Up, down, up, exactly. over. And it's just beautiful. You get there and you look right down into the water. It's wonderful. Fantastic. Dust is harmful for the wine. It's by reading this sign that Jason Jardin opens the doors of his estate. We can already feel all the care he gives to his wines. He's been practicing biodynamic on his most precious plots for several years. The eight kilometers between the cellar and the vineyards give a marvelous view. What's the influence of the Pacific over the, your, your vineyards? Well, you can feel it now. You can feel the, the cool, fresh breeze that, that we get, and it smells fresh, it's moist, it's clean, it's, it's brisk, it's cool, yet we're in full sunshine. That's what's phenomenal, is that our elevation, we go up to the top of that, that peak there, it's about 1,875 feet, so almost 1,900 feet in elevation, which gets us above the fog, typically, during the summer. And so the fog will tend to roll down early in the morning, right below our vineyard, and so we're in full sun. Like we have the, the sunshine, we have the luminosity, we have you know, the solar radiation, we have everything we need to grow you know, grapes and ripen fruit, but we have the cool fog and the mist and the breeze around us. The walk in the plots of flowers is of the most instructive ones. Jason explains to me the concept of the biodynamics he's using a complex system of spraying plants and compost and which bases itself on the cosmic rhythm for all of the actions in the vineyard. To sum up, everything that is done to the wine must be as natural as possible. Can you tell it's going to be a good year? Can you tell well, or is it too early? I can, I can say that this year we have more clusters than we've had the last two years. So the fertility is good. We have more, more clusters of grapes uh, on each vine this year than, than we've had the last couple of years. So that's encouraging because the last two years our yields have been very, very low. So biodynamics you know, works. One ton per acre. Well, certainly biodynamics will, will help the vine to sustain the amount of fruit that we, that we have on it now. We'll go through and after set. So we still have a lot of risk. You know, these winds and these cool breezes, the fogs and some potential rains that are in the forecast can all prevent these, uh, these blooms, these flowers, when they, when they do happen from forming grapes. My wine route is coming to an end. Looking over the Pacific coast, I can see as I'm facing the ocean the many landscapes that have marked my road. The quality of the vineyards and the passion of their owners wouldn't be what they are without the influence of the ocean, 
which has been tempering the zone and protecting the Californian wines for more than two centuries. On the Wine Roads, from a documentary series directed by Eric Michaud with Luna Sands and François Montagu. Sound editing, Agathe Leroux and Guillaume Sulpi. And mixing, Thomas Gabriel. Music by My Music Library. And Angle, the An Interscope Production.